my um, distinct privilege and honor to welcome Kevin to bring the word of God to us today. Buckle up. Uh, uh, hallelujah. I, I, I first want to begin uh, mercy by saying glory to God. And, 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 I, and I just want to ask if any of you could just meditate and think for a moment about the week that has just passed. And during that week that you, you've just seen pass, if one of you can think of something beautiful that you saw that only God could have created, why don't you give him some praise? And, and if one of you can speak on somebody's life that you saw change because they were healed by God, then why don't you give him some praise? And if one of you can speak on something in your life that you have seen God doing or is doing in your life, can you give him praise? What, what I'm trying to do right now is I'm trying to get you stirred up a little bit here, Mercy, that you might want to give God a little bit of praise. So I'm, I'm just hoping and praying that, that he is worthy of your praise. Is he worthy? Then somebody ought to say glory to God. Somebody ought to say hallelujah, Jesus. It's just not always about the songs that we sing. It has to be from the passion of our heart that if we say we love Jesus, then we ought to be able to tell somebody, I love Jesus. Uh, it seemed like I may have thrown you off a little bit. Let, let me share something with you about being a disciple of Christ if you haven't figured this out yet. It is an interactive, participatory experience. Anybody want to say that with me? An interactive, participatory experience. That means you got to be engaged with Jesus. You can't just stand back and wait on him. All right? So, so what we're going to have today is more of an interactive, participatory experience because I believe that if you allow God to speak a word into your life and that if you respond to the word that God speaks, that God will show up right now and bless mercy beyond your own understanding. So let's try this again. Can anybody give God some praise this morning and say he's worthy? Come on, let's give him a hand clap. Let's raise the house and say... Glory to God, he's worthy to be praised. I know a good God who has blessed me and, and watched over me and kept me. I know a God who has delivered me out of transgression and sickness and delivered me into a new life. I'm just trying to get you stirred up a little bit here, Mercy. Because see, sometimes it's all about stirring up the gifts that God has given us. Oh, don't, don't you realize that we fall into our state of complacency? We fall down in this place of comfortability where, where we just like to be where we are and we want to stay there. So don't bother me, Pastor, and make me want to say hallelujah too many times because then if you do that, I got to let up and leave because I don't want to be doing that Holy Ghost thing up in here. But it is the Holy Ghost who gives us power. 
It is the Holy Ghost who leads us and guides us. It is the Holy Ghost who blessed us and keeps us. It is the Holy Ghost that watches over us each and every day of our lives. It is Holy Spirit that intervenes for us in the midst of our trials and tribulations. When we pray unto God, don't you know that when you pray, it says it in Romans, that when I utter it up, we know not what to pray for, but Holy Spirit intercedes on my behalf and takes it up to Lord Jesus, and Jesus then dispatches him back down to do what what God says should happen in your life. In other words, your prayers don't really mean a whole lot until you come from your heart. Does that connect with anybody? Till you come from your heart. Uh, I'm going to do something here, and I know it might throw you off, but I'm going to invite Holy Spirit to come in. I would like you to join me. Holy Spirit, move in this place. Breathe a fresh anointing on your people as we Gather in your presence a living sacrifice of praise. Holy Spirit, move in this place. Would you help me this time? Holy Spirit, Move in this place, breathe a fresh anointing on your people as we gather in your presence a living sacrifice of praise, Holy Spirit, move in this place, Holy Spirit, sweet Spirit of God, move in this place, breathe God, we come before you, breaking every yoke, breaking every stronghold, asking, Lord, that you would hide me behind your cross, that you would speak a word through me to these, your people, that we would all hear from you on high and leave this place never to be the same again. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
As I reflected over the past week or so on how to approach this task God has so graciously assigned to me, I pondered the thought, how do you share with people you love but you've never met? I thought back on Pastor John's beautiful message two weeks ago on investing the kingdom, the beginning of the series, which I felt was so inspiring. Then I, I thought back about one of the old church mothers back at Bethesda Missionary Church where I began preaching many years ago. And she would say to me this way, baby, just tell the people Jesus loves them and the best is yet to come. So, so with that, I'd like you to look over at your neighbor and tell him Jesus loves you and the best is yet to come. Oh, you didn't do so good. Look around at the other side and say, Jesus loves you and the best is yet to come. And then, and then just to top it off, just look at somebody you don't even know and say, I love you and ain't nothing you can do about it. Look at somebody else and say, I love you, and ain't nothing you can do about it. You see, that, that's what we call interactive participatory experience, amen? Is that when we get into being able to share the word of God with one another and sharing the love of God with one another, that's the agape of love that God has for us. So, so the message the best has yet to come resonates with me. It, 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 in my experience with God, with Jesus, has shown me that no matter how close I think I am, God wants me to come a little closer. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? No, no matter how close I walk with God, there's an opportunity to walk a little closer. So, so, that, so what I'm trying to say to you is as, as we endeavor in this message, I, I want you to open up your mind and look for your opportunity to walk a little closer with God. I, I want you to look for that, that word from him that says, I, I want you to come and be a little closer with me. I, I'd like to pose to you three questions based on three segments of scripture with a hope to help us all see the best is yet to come. You'll see here on the questions that the question number one really is that what would life be like if I completely trusted God? Ooh, that's a big one. Question number two is, is, is this. How much more would God bless me if I consistently gave a fragrant offering unto him? And then question number three is, when did I start living to the full? Now, now the reason I gave you the questions before the associated scripture is because 
human nature has each of your minds running on a rabbit trail on how to respond. You think I'm trying to set you up and there's a trap and there's no real answer because that's what human nature does. But, but what I'm trying to point out to you here is that there's a distinct difference between human nature and kingdom nature. So what we want to do here is look at these questions from a kingdom of God perspective. Let's put our humanness to the side for a moment and try to peel open the scripture and understand that from the kingdom of God, what would it look like for us to trust God completely? From, From the kingdom of God, how much more would God bless me if I consistently gave a fragrant offering Unto him. From, from the kingdom of God, how much more would I be able to, how would I be able to live life in the full if I were following God according to his perfect word? God has blessed Mercy Church, Mercy Vineyard Church in a many way. In fact, You have made monumental leaps and bounds in a short period of time. And and, and, and it has been a kingdom-oriented focus that has brought mercy this far. I want you to be encouraged by that. And, 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 And because mercy has come this far, I'm here to share with you the best is yet to come. Now, when I thought about various individuals I spoke with and in my spirit as I prayed about mercy, immediately Proverbs 3, 5 through 11 came to mind. I can tell from what I see here at mercy, somebody trusted in God. Amen? Now, now, now that, now that does not mean that all the people at mercy trusted in God all the time or at the same time, but what, but what it does mean is that God has been present at mercy the whole time. Some, somebody here ought to, ought to praise God right now and just recognize that it is because of his presence that God has blessed us and kept mercy where it is. Now, now I, I need to reaffirm for some and to share with others this, this idea of being, being a disciple is all about interactive participatory experience. Now, I know to some of you that may seem shocking, but think about the disciples. Think about Jesus. Think about every prophet. Think about everyone that you read in the Bible. Aren't they interacting and participating in the agenda of God? Come on, come on, church. I mean, I'm I'm talking to you here. I'm asking if you want to be interactive and participatory, and you still ain't talking back. I'm I'm wondering, who am I talking to here? 
if you, if you can see what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to engage you to do, do something you're unfamiliar with. And that is, that is being open as Christians to talk about what's real in the kingdom of God. To be real with one another. To share our own weaknesses with one another. To be transparent enough so that God can come in and bless us abundantly in the space we're in. Stop being so pretentious and thinking that we got it all right when we know we don't quite got it right at all. Amen. We go into our closets and we pray the prayer, but then we come out and we put on our good, our good face and say everything, Jesus is good. God is good. Yes, he is. But I need Jesus. It's what my real proclamation I'm waiting on Jesus is my real proclamation. I'm praying right now because I'm in the midst of a situation is what I really want to say. That's really what I want to be exclaiming when I tell you God is good. My son or my daughter is going through some stuff. My mother is sick and she's dying. I'm financially in a bit bind. I don't know where I'm going next. I don't have a way out. I'm looking for help. That's what I'm really saying when I say God is good. But rather than us being transparent, we just keep on saying God is good. And so here, I want to encourage you to just follow me for a moment and look at this text. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. and Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruit of all your crops. Then your bonds will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. If you don't mind, I'd like to explore with you this first question a little bit more. What if I completely trusted God? What would life look like if I completely trusted God? Can, can we imagine for a moment a relationship with God wherein no matter what situation or circumstance we were going through, we never worry. Oh, somebody say hallelujah. Or, or even to pause and think about possible outcomes or strategies. Or perhaps an understanding with God that no matter how tragic a circumstance, no matter how confusing a situation, no matter how unexpected an occurrence, no matter how devastating a loss might be, that's, that's, that, that we would be, have total and complete peace in God in the midst of the situation. Now, that's what trusting God looks like. Amen? But, 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 but you know, we, we are so far from that because how many of us get on our knees and pray and say, Lord, Lord, help me, please. And then we get up and say, okay, God, get over. I got to drive the car now. How many of us pray the prayer? but can't even wait to get out the church door before we say, okay, God, now I got a plan on how we're going to do this next. You just, you just endorse my plan. 
Because that's what you want. You want God to rubber stamp the plan. You don't want to, to, to follow his plan. You, we, we want, as Christians, we want, we want him to rubber stamp our plan. But I want to share with you, it, his, his thinking is not my thinking. His ways are not my ways. His, 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 his sovereignty is supreme and beyond me and, and all of us. So if we're able to shift our mindset to having complete confidence and trust in God, life becomes a lot less complicated. Anybody understand what I'm saying there? Well, what I'm saying is that if, if, if life is going to happen, things and stuff are bound to occur. But, but, but you can count on this. God remains the same. Somebody say it with me. God remains the same. So no matter what I'm going through, God remains the same. No, no matter how hard the trouble might be, God remains the same. So I can trust him because I know he remains the same. Hallelujah, Jesus. You just have to trust God. And so I want to wrap this text around and show you something. If you look at verse 9, which happens to be a promise in response to the call. Now, this is some, this is some the theological stuff they taught us in school. So there's always a call and a response, and there's, there's how you do this. So basically, in, in Proverbs 5, 3, 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean down on your heart. That's a call. That's a beckon. That's, that's Solomon telling you this is what you ought to do. But then in verse 9, he's giving you a promise. He's saying, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your bonds will be overfilled to, filled to overflowing. And so basically he's saying, and if you trust God and do honor him with your, your wealth, your, your, your health, your, your time, and your talent, he will bless you and you will have abundance beyond your own measure. But, but I want to just interact here for a moment. That's where the trap is for us. Because we go back to our human understanding and we say, well, God, I got to pay this bill. I got to do that. He said, no, no, trust me. And you say, well, God, I got to do that. So you, you're having this dialogue. He's told you what you need to do, but you say, well, Lord, I got to do this. So I'm just presenting to you that there's an opportunity to shift our mindset and really trust in him and allow him to do what he said he's going to do. Amen? Ask yourself how I might deepen my trust in God. Solomon has left us with the thought that if I completely trust God, even with my wealth, then God promises to bless us supernaturally. Moving on to the second point of the message, sow a fragrant offering. I direct your attention to Philippians chapter 4. And there we find a text behind the second question I pose to you. It has to do with the fragrant offering. Many times we think of the offering primarily as money, but I want to challenge our thinking today and include it as time, talent, and treasure. The question posed is, how much more would God bless me if I consistently gave a fragrant offering unto him? 
Now, I found an article about fragrant offerings, and I'll share a little excerpt from it. It said, God enjoys the fragrance of complete obedience from his dearly loved children who love him so much that they imitate, mimic him in the way that they love. How about that? We, we do, we honor God and his word so much that we do exactly what he does. We love him so much that we obey his word and we show love, the agape that he has for us. Look in the text here, and Paul says, not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied. And skip down, he says, he says that they are fragrant offering and acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of, of his glory in Christ Jesus. Notice that Paul emphasizes the importance of God's response to the offerings of the Philippians. He says very clearly that he desires more to be credited to their account. So what's my point here, church? My point is that as you make your offering of your time, of your talent, and of your treasure a more fragrant offering to God more consistently, that it will be a credit to your account with Christ, God, Christ Jesus. Amen? Anybody want to have good credit there? I mean, we, we're talking about good credit all the time, but wouldn't you rather have a strong credit score with Jesus where it really counts than, than to worry about your FICO score? I mean, if you had to measure your FICO against your score with God, I think you might want to say, I need to have a good score with God because he holds your future, your destiny here on earth, your eternal life, and all of your family in his hands. Amen? And so it's just about the fragrant offering. Now, keep in mind that makes the thing that makes any offering unto God fragrant is sacrifice. And, and I just said something big there because it says, how much more would God bless me if I consistently gave a fragrant offering of my treasure to the kingdom? See, there are those of us who have time. There are those of us who have talent. There are those of us who have treasure. And, and you know, we follow the standard which said, well, 10%, well, I'll give an extra 8% because it's really, but that's really not a stretch for me because I have an abundance. But I want to ask you, what would it look like if you stretched yourself like Jesus stretched himself out on the cross? What if you stretched your time the way Jesus stretched his time out for you? What if you stretched your talent the way Jesus stretched his talent? Why don't you stretch your treasure the way Jesus stretched his treasure for you that you might have eternal life and not not only eternal life, but life here on earth as well. So the call is about what can you do to stretch yourself? How can I make this fragrant offering unto the Lord in my time, in my talent, in my treasure? Stop just being okay with what I do because it's what I do and it's what they said I should do. But maybe if you say, well, the Lord said to me, I need to do 30% because I can afford 30% and I'm going to do it because it stretches me and it makes me grow in God. Oh, I didn't get no hallelujahs that time. <laughs> see, see you, you seem to think that your treasure on earth is going to carry you through. 
But how many of you know, without God's blessings in your health, without God's blessings in your family, without God's blessings in your stable mind, without God's blessings of a storm not hitting your home, without God, your treasure don't count for very much. We need to put this in kingdom perspective and start looking at things the way God sees them. Our time here on earth is just a grain of sand. And what we do and how we use this time is going to be measured at the time of God, Jesus' second coming. Throughout the Bible, we have record of God's blessed response to fragrant offerings. So if you're thinking you do your part, then that's okay. But I just want to leave you with this thought. If it didn't hurt, you could have done a little bit more. And now I just want to say, won't you consider what the stretch might look like? Won't you consider what it might look like to make that sacrificial offering? What, won't you consider what it would look like if you take things to the next level in your trust with God? I always look for an opportunity to make practical application of the word that God shares with us. How do I apply what, what God has just shared? How do I feel about this in my personal life? So searching through scripture to close this message, I found an answer in John chapter 10. There it says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes and only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Here we find Jesus sharing the key to discipleship. It's not about the only the salvation, the gift of salvation and eternal life, but he's saying to you right here, if you obey me, if you follow my, my words, if you hear the word of God, you will have life to the full. Now, I'm talking about kingdom life to the full, where, where you walk and you talk and you act like you're a child of God. Where everything that comes your way, you can say, get behind me, Satan, because God is my lead and, and Jesus is my rock and Holy Spirit is my power. You can say, I don't worry about my treasure because God holds all the keys in the kingdom of heaven. Somebody ought to give God some praise. Amen. How much more, how much more will God bless me? If I give him a fragrant offering of my time and my talent and my treasure, how much, how, how, how would it look, what would it look like if I completely trusted God? I want to just share with you in closing a story about a man that I know. His name was Pastor Charlie Robinson. And Pastor Charlie Robinson great black pastor, man of modest means. However, his faith and obedience were beyond human understanding. Pastor Robinson once received instruction through prayer and revelation that he needed to go to Los Angeles for a conference. Having no money and no one to sponsor him, he caught an air cab to the airport with 
with no baggage. And while riding to the airport, he, he shared with the cab driver that I, I don't have any money to pay you for this ride. The cab driver told him not to worry, but he believed God had sent Pastor Robinson his way. On a arriving at the airport, Pastor Robinson went to the ticket counter and, and he waited in line. And, and, and when his turn came, he began explaining his situation to the, the ticket agent. He, he said, to, I, I need to get to Los Angeles. There's a conference and God has called me and I don't have any money, but I know that some, somehow you can get me a ticket because I need to get there. And, and, he, and they said, sir, well, we can't give you no ticket. You need to have money or a credit card. But while he was talking and explaining it to the ticket agent, a woman heard in the back of the line and she came forward and bought his round trip ticket to Los Angeles. Now, now when Pastor Robinson got to his destination in LA, there at the conference, a church was planted because he was there. And over his esteemed career, he planted several more churches that are still alive and well today. What, what am I trying to say? What I'm trying to say, he's a living example of somebody who trusted God with all that he had. He's a willing example of somebody who, who gave, who sacrificed his time and his talent. He didn't hold back anything. He gave it all unto Jesus because he understood that Jesus had given it all for for him. I wish there was somebody here who could say, I understand that Jesus has given it all. And because he's given it all, I'm ready to recommit my life and make a commitment to give more of my time, more of my talent, more of my treasure. I want to praise God with everything that I am. I want to live life to the full that Jesus told me I could. Anybody here agree? Why don't you praise him with me? Why don't you say glory to God? He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy to be praised. All praise and glory unto God. Church, mercy. Hear this, you are strong, this church is strong, you have treasure, you have time, you have talent. The body of Christ is under siege. God has called mercy to a leadership role in this city. Are you going to respond and say, Lord, I will sacrifice more. Lord, I will do more. Lord, I will give more. Lord, I will share my time. Lord, I will share my resource. Lord, I will share my talent because you know that the kingdom of God will advance because of the work you do. Somebody ought to say glory, glory to God. Glory. And that's what it's all about. It all boils down to that. Are we willing? Are we willing to truly trust God? Are we willing to give a fragrant offering of our time unto the Lord? Are we willing to give a fragrant offering of our talent unto the Lord? Are we willing to give a fragrant offering of our treasure 
unto the Lord. Are we willing to take up our cross and run with Jesus and live this life to the full? Hallelujah, Jesus, and bless God. Amen and amen. God bless you all, and may he keep you. God is blessing us. I just want to share a little song with you. It's called Walk With Me. You guys know it. Walk with me, Lord. Walk with me. Walk with me, Lord. Walk with me. While I'm on this tedious journey, I want Jesus to walk with me. Hold my hand, Lord. Hold my hand. Hold my hand, Lord. Hold my hand. While I'm on this tedious journey, I want Jesus to walk with me. And here's the key. All the way, Lord, all the way, all the way, Lord, all the way while I'm on this tedious journey I want Jesus to walk with me and one more piece don't leave me alone Lord don't leave me alone don't leave me alone Lord don't leave me alone while I'm on this tedious journey. I want Jesus to walk with me. Hallelujah. Let's give God a hand. Walk with me, Lord. Hallelujah.